Hi, Jen. Hi, Ray. So it is March 20th, and we are doing our third uh, show or podcast of Two mm -hmm. Sisters Health. Two Sisters Health. Two Sisters Health. Episode three. Where we talk about everything, including healthy aging and um, living well. So happy spring. Yeah. Happy spring. spring. So Jen, you're going to kind of lead today, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's going to be a conversation, but I'll kick it off. Cool. Um, and it's a topic everybody knows and uh, will be able to relate to. It's basically friendship mm -hmm. and how important friendship is for health and well-being. Full stop. And we can talk about what that means. Um, Preparing for today, I was kind of looking through the studies from the health and aging study that I work on for my day job, Monday through Friday. And, you know, I was just kind of scrolling through our publication library, looking at friendship, social support, all these different topics. Um, and they all show positive relationships between strong, supportive relationships and good health. Uh, including like inflammation markers, um, you know, better health outcomes. And there's lots of ways that that actually works. You know, there's positive effects of feeling listened to, understood, but then there's also the um, logistical questions, right? If not only do you feel loved and cared about and like someone's listening to you and understanding you, but these, the people on the other end of that are actually in many cases, probably assisting you with getting to the doctor and thinking about your health and what you can be doing and encouraging you to engage in healthy behaviors and to remember to take your medication. Um, so there's both sort of this internal experience that is, you know, positive and good for your health and healing and maintaining good health. And then there's also the actual interactive effects uh, of that. One of the other things I thought about when I was preparing for this was the fact that we, um, since I think the 1930s is what I read this week, um, there's this theory that there's two reactions to feeling threatened and it's um, fight or flight. And I would say that almost everybody, most people know, have heard of that are like, oh yeah, there's that fight or flight response that we have when we feel threatened. Uh, but then in the ninth, in 2000, it was around the turn of 2000, um, there was a scholar at UCLA, some, a team of women uh, psychologists, I think it was, who were like, you know, there, that's, that's one reaction to stress. It's real. Yes, we can see evidence of that, but there's actually a different response, which is more tend and befriend. That's kind of what they coined in reaction to the fight or flight that um, and it's kind of more of a women's response. It's more of a feminine response to experiences of threat that you sort of deal with the crisis and you work together with other people. That's how you get through that stress, that fear, is that you actually seek comfort, seek assistance from other people. Um, and I think, you know, that gets lost when we kind of fall back on these uh, stereotypes. So, no, you just want to fight when you feel threatened, but that's kind of more of a male response. Um, you know, not that there's not overlap, not that both men and women don't also feel both of these things, but that's something that didn't get as much attention until 
So has it been studied uh, how the changes in the brain are different in response to those two different emotions? Great question, and I don't know the answer to it, but that would be really interesting to look into. I'm not sure. I would mention sure. say yes, but yeah, that would be a whole different place to go. But yeah. I think it's really interesting that you're talking about the internal versus external experience. So community doesn't just affect your internal space. It also keeps you more connected to people. It allows you better access to resources when you're working with a group. You Absolutely. Know, for example, we went to um, a community event yesterday and the kids were had so much fun. They were like, how does everybody there know each other? And we want to be part of this community because we just love the idea that you could have a family that's not your actual family. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Building community is so And that important. is one thing, actually, if we talk about it, that this recent COVID pandemic has really taken away from many people, especially yeah. elderly, right? Because mm -hmm. here we're saying, oh, we want to keep you safe. So you can't go out, you can't see your friends, you can't go to the gym. While on the one hand, you understand it, on the other, it takes a whole different toll on people. So that's an interesting topic today, speaking of community. I know in particular, I'm kind of fortunate in the sense that I still have a ton of community at work because through the entire pandemic, I went to work. I saw patients face to face. I communicated with my staff and, um, you know, on average, like 20 people a day or something. So I'm still seeing a lot of people. But then there are people like you and Mike who mm -hmm. uh, you've worked from home, but you all haven't been as uh, involved in the community and dance. And Mike used to travel four a days a week. That's mm -hmm. crazy, right? Yeah. So how do you think that has affected both of you just for, on a personal level with your health? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that's interesting to think about is how your social world is structured. So the, the structural things that affect your world. Okay, I've worked from home for more than eight years now. Uh, you know, I work with a team that's 2,000 miles away from me, all of my interactions with them are electronic. Prior to the pandemic, they were telephone, basically. Email and telephone is how I spent my work days. And then Zoom kind of became the thing, which was kind of interesting on a personal level, but not that important for our conversation. Um, but I have two young children who are in school and have activities and are part of their community. And so I kind of have a built-in social world with their, you know, the parents of their children, with the things that I take them to for activities. And so when the pandemic happened uh, and our social world shrunk quite a bit for a long time, um, we had my son, uh, we enrolled him in a small group of children uh, with a few other families. And so I kind of had this built-in little circle of a community. Um, for us. And so I got to stay in touch with these other parents and we would get to, you know, since we were kind of a small world, we felt safe getting together amongst ourselves, basically. 
And not everybody had that. Mm -hmm. uh, not everybody was able to find that. So these are kind of, you know, I had this kind of built in social circle that helped buffer some of that uh, loneliness and loss of being cut off from folks that you had relationships with before. Um, and I was very worried throughout that time. I was very aware of the fact that I was lucky to have this and that not everybody did have this and what was happening to those people and what we were doing to help those folks. Um, and my daughter had a different experience. She's a teenager and we didn't have a pod for her. Um, and it was a harder time. She felt much more cut off. She did not, you know, we did include her in those activities with those other families, but it's not the same. They weren't her age. Um, and it was, it was hard. It was hard. I, I saw it play out very differently for my two children who are in the same house, you know, because of the, the ties that they did lost through that period. And we didn't have anything in place for my daughter, structurally speaking, to have an automatic uh, community for her. And it, it played out poorly. It wasn't good. Um, so it's interesting, you know, think about your own life, right? And Rachel, you mentioned something. I'm a dancer and I invest uh, a lot of my, I don't have a ton of spare time, but the spare time I do have, I try to engage in uh, the dance community here where I live. And thank, you know, we've been dancing in person again for a few months now. And so I've been able to kind of get back and start building a community again with uh, other dancers, um, you know, but you have to find something like that if you don't have it, you know, and I, I would say it comes easier to some people than to other people. And if it's not something that comes easy to you, um, not everybody's real social, right? A lot of people are kind of introverted. You still need friends, you still need support, but maybe it's not, you know, it's not something that comes really easily to you. It's not something that feels really comfortable to you to go outside of your comfort zone and meet other people. But I encourage you to, um, to find ways to do that, mm -hmm. for sure. And to prioritize that, prioritize investing in friendships, even if it's just a phone call a week or every couple of days, or, you know, if, you know, I, I can be critical of electronic communication methods there, uh, you know, they are not as good. I, I hesitate to say as good. They're different from in-person um, you know, but they can help. I, you know, they, if you view them as a tool that is, you know, just a tool, it's not everything. It can't, um, I still think, you know, meeting with people in person is vital. Um, the energy of being with people and, and seeing their faces, or at least, you know, from here up, um, and interacting in real life is, is superior. I'll just say it. I'm, <laughs> You can supplement with other things with Zoom. And I mean, this is lovely. I really enjoyed doing this weekly podcast with you and it's great, but I'm going to see you this week in person. Oh, yeah. Going to hug you and we're going to, you know, like it's, it's wonderful. And you, mm -hmm. you can't get that with Zoom. You can't get that with Zoom and you can't get it from texting. And especially I think for kids, I think it's much harder for kids yeah. because play and touch is so important with them. They climb, they jump, they hug, they, you know, run, and you can't do that through a computer. One of my biggest criticisms of computer communities is that they're not mobile. Yeah, it's true. It's sitting in front of a screen. Okay, so there was that Pokemon thing, right? I was going to raise that as an were, example. And that was kind of right at the beginning mm -hmm. of the pandemic that got really popular. 
-hmm. And there's probably a reason, right? It was people getting outside, finding community in different spaces. And you know, that's a really interesting topic. If you could, if we are stuck with a certain level of digital communication, how could we integrate it with more movement and make it more social and interactive? I mean, it'll never be the same thing, right? You wouldn't like have a deep relationship with someone like a um, over the computer only. I mean, I guess you could, but, mm-hmm. um, you could maybe do better through integrating movement. Yeah, I was thinking sure. about that. I, I, uh, wonder how we could, I'm sure someone's studying it, the difference between digital, digital communication and human interaction and how that's changing the brain in the way mm-hmm. it's developing and, probably in children, especially. I read a book um, that Kathy gave me called Irresistible. It was really good. I do recommend it, especially if you have kids who are on screens a lot. It talks about how um, one of the drawbacks of the internet is that especially for young minds, they don't have too much guidance on where to go. I mean, some Mm -hmm. of the computer programs that they get through school will limit what they can look at, but that at this point, it's kind of a free-for-all, and so much of what they're experiencing has been designed to keep them hooked and still watch, so yeah. it creates uh, some of the loops in the brain and patterns that we don't want to develop. It's why we don't let kids like smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol early, because it promotes addiction, right? And yeah, right. Internet is kind of doing that. I don't know if at some point there are going to be some regulations put on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We haven't. I been know. I'm good at that. Right. I know. I'm not well versed in this work, but I I am very suspicious that uh, changes not in a great way are happening mm-hmm. with all of our adoption. Of well, you know, one thing I find kind of weird at working in healthcare is people come in all the time asking about medicine they see on TV mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't watch TV. So I'm always like, no, I don't know. I don't know what commercial you're talking about because they won't remember the medication. They'll say, oh, the commercial, you know, the <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, why are drug companies marketing to consumers? Yeah. It's like you're selling them this promise of something that maybe they don't need or could even be harmful to them sure that's bizarre predatory marketing in my opinion yeah 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 right straying a little bit from um friendship yeah friendship so the main message you know because i can talk about this for a long time and talk about uh density of networks and how some people bridge different social networks. And, you know, this kind of stuff is very interesting to me, but just for a 30 minute podcast like this, I just want to emphasize, um, you know, relationships, having support, having friends is arguably as important for your health as the proper Medicaid. Like it's, it's one key piece of these other pieces of exercise and, food and, you know, uh, certain supplements. Yeah, exactly. And it's really, really important. And so be sure that you remember that, that you invest in relationships. You know, sometimes we sort of view um, friendships as just sort of, you know, they either happen or they don't. Um, Yeah, eh. that is kind of interesting to me. 
Does there seem to be certain types of friendships or structures of friendships? Mm -hmm. You know, because I think about, uh, I can think of a few friendships that cause a lot of stress for people. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's not different, you know? It is actually. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it was something that I wanted to talk about too, um, is so the same research that shows that having strong relationships and supportive relationships are good for your health, they have also found that stressful relationships can have the opposite effect. So mm-hmm. if you have someone, you know, abuse or mistreatment is an area that is also studied in the field of aging, um, and those relationships can make your health worse. So. Any relationship isn't necessarily better than no relationship. Um, so that is something to think so about. If you, do you have any practical tips that people can look at the relationships in their life and say, hmm, is this healthy? Is this helping me live a better, healthier life? Are there some ways that you can evaluate what would constitute a good, positive relationship and maybe a negative yeah, I mean, I think at the, at the most simple, uh, so I'll tell you some of the questions in the survey that the project I work for asks is, do you feel criticized by, you know, mm-hmm. people in your life? Um, and that's big. That's a big piece. Like that's, you know, it's not the only thing and it's not the only thing to consider, but if you feel like someone is telling you you're doing it wrong all the time or ways that you're deficient. Um, and maybe they're not exactly using that language, but you sort of feel like someone is trying to tear you down. That's really a, a pretty key indicator is how you feel when you interact with that person. If you walk away with most of your interactions with a person not feeling great about yourself, hmm. maybe are there ways you can invest less in that relationship? Um, maybe you wanna distance yourself a little bit from that person. Um, you definitely want to walk away from most interactions with, you know, people that you consider friends, feeling better about yourself, mm-hmm. um, or like you helped them out, or they helped you out. Um, you laughed, you know, it's pretty simple, really, if you're walking away from interactions with someone feeling crappy. I mean, I understand people have disagreements, and that's okay. And, you know, we don't have to walk away from every interaction with someone feeling like a million bucks. In fact, if you do, I would say maybe think about if that person is trying to sell you something or maybe (laughs) isn't telling you the whole truth, right? Because not everything that happens between me and, you know, people who love me and think highly and try to help support me, not every interaction with all of those people is going to always feel awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But most of the time, I walk away from these relationships feeling better about myself, feeling loved feeling like somebody's looking out for me and someone cares about my thoughts. Also, um, if someone, some folks really like to talk a lot, right? And maybe don't, aren't really naturally good at a give and take in interactions. And so if you have someone in your life who talks a lot about themselves and really doesn't give you a lot of time to say what you want to say, maybe if you can gently kind of try to get you know, sometimes you can work with folks like that. They don't really understand that they're hundred percent dominating a conversation and that they haven't really given you time. You might want to say, okay, yep. Can let me, I wanted to tell you something or try to, you know, a better, more equal exchange. Um, mm-hmm. Those are things to maybe work out in relationships. 
So how do you think mom and dad, because they're a little bit older and aren't in school or working, how do you think they handled, I mean, I guess I could ask them, but you live in Portland close to them and I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that it impacted their relationships. Yes. Did you did. notice any difference? Yeah. Um, well, I think they, they did some electronic communication during the pandemic for sure. Uh -huh. Mom did Zoom calls with friends. Oh, there were, okay. they know. were also pretty good at kind of small bubbles. Uh, you know, so just they kind of drew their Bub their social circle in a bit and contracted a bit, but they still did invest in, you know, a certain number of friendships while during that time. Where they, mm -hmm. person. they also really drew together a lot. I mean, they're retired and they're together every day. Uh -huh. but, so they had each other. Mm -hmm. Dad continued to play golf, which is huge. It's outdoors. It's something you can easily not be all up in people's face, but you're still having really good you know, nature was really helpful for people. during. And they time. started walking together, I noticed quite a bit. And mom yeah. kept her walking group. Right. One thing I did notice about mom, and I don't know if this is exactly true, because she always painted a lot, but she, mm -hmm. I think she got really into her artwork. I mean, she had her a big show this year. Right. Um, which maybe she wouldn't have done Good if point. she wasn't kind of forced to be at home a little bit. Right. So there could be some good from that also. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You just have to find ways. I um, sometimes it might not be obvious to you, but you know, hobbies are a good way. Going to a church is a good way. There's, you know, most communities have uh, community centers with classes and there's a class for, you know. Actually, that. that's a good point. So uh, with my patients a lot, they'll say, oh, you know, I need this or I don't have that or, and we don't have very many good resources in this community. It's a small community, not faulting it specific for the size. We probably actually do quite well. But one of the things that I bring up to patients a lot is, are you part of a church? Mm -hmm. That is one really quick way to find community. It's true. And it might depend on where you live. Community or churches are pretty important here where I live in Northern California. Maybe somewhere else it would be something different, but it's one way that you can plug into a community almost instantly. That's true. And most of the people who are getting involved are doing it because they want to be part of a group. They want mm -hmm. to help each other out. There's a whole moral basis that's fundamental in churches. And so if you are struggling, that's one place you could look for community. Actually, this, this part of the uh, conversation might be a good way for us to discuss where people can find community. So church mm -hmm. is one. Church mm -hmm. is the difficult one because you have to believe in what it's saying to really be part of it. And for some people, they might want the community, but they don't necessarily believe in, you know, all of the teachings. So that is probably not accessible to everyone. Can you think of a, commu a strong community uh, that people can kind of be part of without having to believe in something, Jen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think interest groups. So I am part of the dance community here in Portland. And, you know, you don't have to believe anything part of that. And, I, you know, but I have many friends that I've made through that community. Um, 
some of it. Uh, so another. It's because one, you don't have a community center. That's one nice thing about churches. They have a. It's they true. Have a place. A space. Oftentimes they have classes. Mm -hmm. Very often they put together fundraisers. Oh, I can think of one in my community, the Grange, and Four H. So I live in a rural area, and 4-H is a big deal here. And our kids have been a little bit too young to join 4-H, but they probably will next year. And you raise and show animals, and there's all these different levels of uh, what you can show from chickens to bunnies to goats to pigs to cows. You can actually raise animals, and then people buy them at the mm -hmm. fair. Mm -hmm. um, and one, you have your first job. Oh, here, that's a lot of kids' first job is raising a cow and then selling it at the fair. Awesome. Uh, I know. And they meet uh, once a month, the 4-H group. And then they do all these outings. Like today, Chloe is going horseback riding with a group of girls who are all part of 4-H. She's a little bit young, so they just include her. And they're going to do horse games and they'll probably win prizes and uh so 4-h is big here and one of the cool things is you're part of a community but you also uh they teach responsibility sure do public speaking the kids have to go and present things so 4-h would be another one that people could look into for community and that actually here the Grange is a building, and it's also part of this bigger network of small communities in California. Mm. And they usually have like more of a support structure. You can go to a camp every year. Um, but for us, it's where our gym is for basketball practice and volleyball, and it's pretty cool. Another thing that's occurred to me while you were talking about that is maybe taking classes isn't your thing, but maybe you have a skill you can share. Maybe offer a class. You... There's a lot of places that would be happy to sponsor someone who wants to offer a class community centers. Like I know here, you can uh, write up a proposal to, I don't think it needs to be elaborate for, you know, a community center and say, I have the skill, but you know, here's my background with it. I'd love to offer a class. And so that's another way to meet people. Um, the electronic resources that have a downside also have a fantastic upside. Lots of groups of people who just kind of have a certain interest that they want to pursue and they want to find other people who have that same interest, go online, find a group who, you know, that's, sometimes that can get a little bit tricky because you can connect with folks around the country, but you don't know anybody in your area. But a lot of times interest groups, gardening interest group or whatever, that's just an example. Yeah. Often they'll have like a local chapter. Right. Um, and so that's, that's another way to community colleges was another yep. thing I was thinking of. Most community colleges are really affordable and sometimes you could take college credit classes, but almost all of them have community resource classes mm -hmm. where you right. don't actually get college credit. So it's a lot cheaper. Sometimes they're even free. If you live in the area, right. that would be another one that you Definitely. could do. Um, and then volunteering. Here, here's I was going to say that, yeah. That I recommend a lot when people, I see a lot of people who, when they retire, they're bored. You know, they don't right. want to go 40, 50 hours a week of work, but right. they don't want to do nothing. They've spent their mm -hmm. whole lives contributing working. and working. And so often I'll ask people, you know, what do you like? Oh, you know, you could go to the dog rescue and walk dogs. You could. Totally you know, volunteer 
10 hours a week to one of the local community centers or, um, you know, there's really good evidence that purpose buffers depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Not just purpose, but community, right? Getting involved, being a part of something. And it doesn't have to be intense. It can be minimal. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times just in the last few months that just a quick interaction with a friend where either I was sharing some stress about something happening or they were sharing some stress with me about something happening in their life. And we're just like, it's magic just to tell my story to someone knowing that they heard it. Like you can kind of let it go. You know, you put it out there and express the stress and oh, I'm feeling scared and nervous or frustrated and angry. And then you're like, oh okay, let's get on with it. Like it releases it, it releases Mm -hmm. a certain energy and it's, you know, it's, I, it feels magic to me. Yeah. Um, And you don't need a lot of friends. Like we're talking about all these communities and lots of people. And I know for some people that's very intimidating. And the last thing in the world that they want is to be part of a big crowd of people. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't take, you don't need 10 good friends. You, one or two two in case somebody's sick, right? For a week and can't talk back to you. Have a couple, a couple of good friends that you can talk to. That's really all that's necessary. I'm a really social person and I enjoy having a lot of people, you know, to kind of call on. And I, I enjoy this person because their sense of humor. And I enjoy this person because they, you know, I love going to this dance thing with them when we go, you know, I like to kind of have that broad, um, different social experiences. They're fun for me, but I know a lot of people that that stuff is just really, it sounds scary. It sounds horrible to them. A couple of friends, a couple of good friends, invest in those friendships, you know, retouch base with that person at least one or two times a week for those two people. Once a week. It will help you be healthier. Definitely. We could definitely talk about this more. The zoom thing just told me that we're coming up on our limit. <laughs> So I guess we can. We're uh, low budget. We do not have the professional. Right. We're working on it. It's a process, right? Right. Yeah. Well, Jen, I have to say that this has been really fun for me to do once a week. Yeah, me too. Me too. We're going to do it in person together next. Yay. I know. I'm so excited about that. So this, we have been doing it on Friday, but this week I got an opportunity through a friend to fly to the coast in a small plane. It was really cool. Those pictures were amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, it's amazing. Don't know that I would want to be a pilot. It's a lot of work mm-hmm. and stressful, but it was pretty amazing to just get to go. And we flew over the Marble Mountains over to the Northern California coast. It was wow, wow. You know, Zach and I were talking to each other. There aren't that many places that you can really be out there like you can in this part of Northern California. Mm -hmm. It's pretty incredible. Um, Well, Jen, I guess we should call it for this week. So hopefully, um, people are reminded that it's real important to be part of a community, have a couple close friends for many different reasons. I'd like to look into how community changes the brain, but I mean, I think it mm-hmm. all comes down to feeling more confident and calm in your own body. And there's a and lot feeling of- loved, feeling loved, feeling loved. 
We all, you know, we start out um, completely unable to do anything for ourselves. You know, humans are social creatures at the very most basic level. We um, we are just an extension of our of our caregivers for years. For years, we're social creatures. We need people. Mm -hmm. People who need people, right? That old is it from Broadway or something? I and I have an idea for okay. next for next week's topic. Do you want to guess? Yeah. No. Uh, guess. Hmm. I don't know. You gardening ones. What? I said gardening, but that was oh, just that was a good one. Spring uh, sauna. <gasps> oh yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Should we do it from the sauna? We could. I talked to Zach about that. I don't know if the light would be good enough. We could do a daytime sauna. There's a window. It probably have good acoustics. Oh, I'm very excited about the next one. Yeah. Cool. So nice. I'm probably going to sauna today, first day of spring. My husband <gasps> and I sauna. I wish I was there to do it with you. That's so great. Well, I'm going to dance today. So that's going to be my oh, celebration. Oh, good. I'm going to plant some seeds. I have awesome. my sugar snap peas coming up in the garden. So nice. nice. Yeah. Well, I love you, Jen. Love you too. And I'll see you this week. Yay. Okay. Two Sisters two Health, sisters episode health. three. Thanks for Calling sharing it. some time with us. Bye. Okay, bye, dear. See you later. Okay, bye. Love you too. Bye, guys. Bye. I've been trying to pay attention. <sighs>